This is an ABC podcast. We've made it and not a moment too soon. Welcome to the end of the week. This is The Shake Up on Hack. I'm Dave Marchese. There's a whole lot of good stuff in this one for you. Here's a little taste. I will not be lectured about sexism and misogyny by this man. I will not. On Triple Jack. You know, it's so famous, it's just known as the misogyny speech. Ten years ago, then Prime Minister Julia Gillard stood up in Parliament and called out the sexism that she'd faced as our first and only woman leader. If you don't remember it at the time, you'll know it from TikTok, where young women have reclaimed this speech as a powerful expression against misogyny. But a decade later, just how far have we come? Hack. I will not be lectured about sexism and misogyny by this man. I will not. And the government will not be lectured about sexism and misogyny by this man. Not now, not ever. The leader of the opposition says that people who hold sexist views and who are misogynists are not appropriate for high office. Well, I hope the leader of the opposition has got a piece of paper and he is writing out his resignation. Because if he wants to know what misogyny looks like in modern Australia, he doesn't need a motion in the House of Representatives. He needs a mirror. I'm a bush. I'm a boy. I was doing some other political TikToks. And after doing a few of those, I just thought, I think I should really do one on somebody that I'm actually really admire and really look up to. And the obvious choice was Julia Gillard. The speech that uh, Prime Minister Gillard gave was very striking to me because she did go chapter and verse. And again, this is not about whether you approve of, voted for, or had any affinity with the positions that uh, she put forward. I just don't think there's a place for sexism in our politics. On Triple J. All these years later, it's still so powerful. What does Julia Gillard's misogyny speech mean to you? And how far do you think we've come over the past decade in terms of respecting women in power? Call in 1300 055536. Give us your thoughts. You can message in as well 0439 757 Let's ask our Shake Up panel, presenter, journalist Alice Matthews, influencer, model Christian Wilkins. Alice, do you remember hearing Julia Gillard's misogyny speech for the first time? I do. I remember watching it and it was one of those feelings that's like, yes, hit him again, Jules. Like right arm, left arm. It was amazing. And I think people still are talking about it today because essentially it was hypocrisy at its most grand and someone was just there to call it out in full. And the things that she was talking about, even though she was the leader of a country, they were universal. And it was just so perfect the way she called it out because she had all of the evidence. It was incontrovertible. You know, she had all of these solid examples of Tony Abbott, like word for word, quotes about his sexism, his comments saying that, um, you know, is it a bad thing if men are more cut out to be in a position of authority because of their brains or (laughs) referring to the housewives of Australia and their ironing? Like you could not refute any of what she said. And it was just a dressing down. At the end, she told him to check himself, reflect on his own standards, and it was perfect. What kind of impact did it have on you personally, Alice? Oh, look, I think that it changed the way I thought about politics and sexism in politics, and it really brought to light just the difference, it, what it, like just how different it was to be a woman in power. Like what she endured over the course of three years was just awful and guys didn't have to deal with it. So it made me as, you know, a young uni student at the time think about the fact that, okay, 
this is happening. But it also made me think about the fact that it's not okay because she said it's not okay. Years later, though, I do reflect because hypocrisy occurs on all sides of politics. And I was reading that the same day that she delivered that speech, her government passed changes that took single parents off this parenting payment and moved them onto what is now known as job seeker, which reduced the payments and disproportionately affected women. Well, that's actually what Josh from Newey's said on the text line right after the speech Gillard made cuts to the single parent Mm. payments, 90% of whom are women. Other thoughts on the text line? Someone says, we absolutely have not come far enough. Another person says, given how female voters have abandoned the Liberal Party, it's pretty obvious that the lessons have not been learned. Christian, what do you reckon? Like, do you think this was a turning point for Australia? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I remember um, being at school when this happened. I was in year 11. And I feel like this was one of the first times that really kind of as a cohort, we really talked about politics and this was played Mm. to us. And I think it was a really powerful moment for not just women, but anyone that feels like they're a member of a minority community to really kind of stand up and be like, you can claim power. And I feel like it was also reclaiming the concept that Tony Abbott was, you know, standing next to these signs saying, ditch the witch, Mm. but then also accusing her of playing the sexist card, which Mm. in a kind of way trapped her in this middle ground. But she reclaimed that and she said, no, you're being misogynistic. Like, I thought it was so powerful and so exciting to sort of really open up the platform to talk about it. There was a lot of hate and misogyny faced by Julia Gillard. It's well documented. It's been covered. Do you think at the time Australians realised how bad it was, Christian, or is it something we're only fully understanding now? I don't necessarily think that people were uh, were aware. I think that that was really kind of the culture at large back then Mm. against all women. Um, You know, I think that we very much did reduce women to these archetypes like fashion. You know, it it wasn't necessarily about what Julia Gillard was doing. It was the fact that we didn't like her colours and Paddy Blazer, Mm. um, which in itself is just disgusting. I mean, Tony Abbott was standing next to a sign saying, yes, ditch the witch, but another one that said... Bob Brown's bitch, like that you can't get more obvious than that. And until she made that speech, that kind of behaviour was just not being called out. It was just normal. She was facing that every day in Parliament. I was actually at one of those big rallies where those signs were being held, covering it as a journalist. There were a lot of journalists there at the time. And I do remember that there was this big divide between the older and the younger journalists. I was a cadet and the way that they were reacting to it and the younger ones were obviously pretty... Uh, astounded and disgusted by it. But the older ones just were not really thinking it was a big deal. Some of them Mm. anyway. And that was interesting. I often reflect on that. Um, You know, why do you think it is, Christian, that the speech has had a whole second life on TikTok? Because we've seen Gen Z now really get around this speech and it's it's been reinvented, reborn pretty much, like the remix, everything. Yeah, Saw totally. you having a bit of a dance before. I know, that was such a bop. Um, <laughs> and honestly, if I had a dollar for every time I seen a drag queen perform this, yes. I was one time in LA and a, the drag queen found out I was Australian. She was like, I've got a number for you. Get Expecting out. her to do Kylie Minogue in and LA. she's doing this. Um, I think that it's just, it's really kind of created a platform for women and for people to talk about misogyny in politics. And I think that still we have this issue here. And I think that social media, with any issue, has created uh, openness for people to talk about things. Alice, if we had a woman as Prime Minister today, how different do you think their experience would be? Or would it be different? Oh, gosh. I Unfortunately, I don't really think it would be that different in terms of Parliament. Maybe the way that we as voters 
act would be different. Like you can see, as you said, with this resurrection on Twitter, people are so much more engaged. People are so much more aware. And I think that things have changed in that sense. Politics still has a really long way to go. Tony Abbott probably hasn't changed one bit. (laughs) Yeah, because I mean, when Julia Gillard left office she made a big point of saying that, that she was committed to making the road easier for the women to follow her. And she said, I think it will be easier. Like, I've copped a lot. I think it's going to be a lot different for the women to come. What do you think, Christian? Like, do you look ahead in the future and think, yeah, hopefully we have um, a woman as Prime Minister in the near future? Is it something that you don't see happening for a long time? I mean, I definitely hope so. I think that we're long overdue some emotional intelligence in politics as a whole. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I definitely still think that it would be a struggle. I think perhaps the the narrative might slightly change to no longer are we dissing them because of their fashion choices, but we're still probably talking about them first and foremost, Mm, which in itself is still an issue. We've got some messages coming through. Someone says, I listen to the speech when I need a boost. It makes me feel strong. That was Elise in Bunjalung country. Ryan in Darug country says, there's no fixing all the problems the government has on all sides of sexism, power abuse and general discrimination. It's an ongoing job, but at least it'll get better with every generation. And Mortimer says, Paul Keating's Redfern speech, Julia Gillard's misogyny speech, beautiful and powerful stuff. Has any other PM speech of the last 50 years moved us so? since. That's the thing. It really connected. It's connected all generations. People don't really (laughs) have a a speech in mind from Question Time generally that they can go, (laughs) oh, the Question Time greatest hits. But that one, everyone knows. And in LA, as Christian said, people are talking about it. I mean, we still have um, female leaders in the world in 2022 who are facing misogyny all the time, like Jacinda Ardern, it's been written about very, very frequently this year even, the the Prime Minister of New Zealand. What do you think, Alice, of the treatment of, of female leaders today? Well, it hasn't changed all that much. And what you're saying there about Jacinda Ardern is, you know, the same thing Julia Gillard faced 10 years ago. So... It hasn't changed that much. We did a story earlier this week on a global study that showed young Australian women and girls were more disillusioned with politics and politicians than the global average, including in countries where women have fewer rights. Um, the, the, the Australian women and young girls were turned off completely. Alice, why do you think that is? Is it something that we're going to be able to fix in a generation? In a generation? Probably not. But like, look at what's happening at the moment with Brittany Higgins. Parliament does not feel like a safe place for women. Yeah. So how can you be illusioned by politics when we're seeing this play out right now? Yeah, look, there's so much more that we can get into. Um, this is a really big topic and you'll be hearing more about it in the days ahead because the 10-year anniversary is on Sunday. So expect to hear a bit more. Julia Gillard's got a book out, so she's out and talking about it. Time to move on. You're listening to Hack. Elon Musk, in fact, does want to buy Twitter. On Triple J. You know, we've all been there, bit of online shopping, drop a few things in the basket. That fluffy jacket would look great on me. A week later, what the hell is this? Elon Musk's kind of done this, but at a whole new level. Hack 
After months of legal dispute, Elon Musk has backflipped on his backflip. Will he, won't he? Will Elon Musk, the richest man in the world, buy Twitter or won't he? There's nothing worse than buyer's remorse. I think at this point, from Twitter's perspective, it wants absolute assurances that Musk is not going to back out again. What this means for Twitter going forward is less moderation. That could mean more free speech, but also more hate speech. I really don't enjoy spending money. Like, it actually, like, pains my little heart. This is the bad-tempered business saga which has been playing out for around the last six months. Elon Musk, in fact, does want to buy Twitter. On Triple Jack. Yeah, he was buying Twitter, then he wasn't, now he is again. What's going on with Elon? I want to know, have you ever agreed to buy a multi-billion dollar social media company and then got cold feet at the last minute? Maybe it is a pretty unique situation, though. No, but what is your biggest buyer's regret? Is there something that you look at now and you go, why did I do that? Like, it was such a dumb idea. Or maybe you felt obligated to buy something or go somewhere or do something. Join the chat. You can call in 1-300-055-36. You can message in as well, 0439-757-555. Let's ask our shake-up team, Christian Wilkins, Alice Matthews. Christian, what do you think of this whole Elon Twitter saga? Like, he's now saying Twitter's refusing to take yes for an answer. They're scared he won't be able to come up with the cash. Do you actually think he wants Twitter or does he want a bit of attention? I Well, I definitely think he always <laughs> wants attention. Um, I, I get the sense that he has now backflipped on the backflip because it sort of turned out that he was going to have to buy it anyway. The court was probably going to rule that way. And I think mm. he was just trying to save some face. I don't think even Elon Musk knows what's going on in Elon Musk's <laughs> mind. Um, but it does does make me very concerned about what the p- future for the platform is. You know, Agreed. He's, he's talked very openly about the fact that he doesn't think that Trump should have been banned, who absolutely should have been banned. Um, and I, I think that he's definitely looking to remove a lot of the sort of safeguards against certain words, certain people. And I think that it's going to really become this like right wing dominant platform. Yeah, I think if there's one thing Twitter doesn't need, it's less moderation, which might happen. And also, it's Elon Musk we're talking about. He's going to want to make more money from Twitter. I mean, this is hardly a David and Goliath battle. It's a Goliath and Goliath battle. But, like, you might see Twitter move to subscription models for no ads or government or commercial users might be charged a fee, which is not so bad. But then, as Christian said, Trump might get access again. Do you think Twitter really wants Elon, <laughs> Alice? Like, because they've come back saying, yeah, I've got to buy it. But <laughs> do you think in the end they actually want that to happen? Because they've raised a few objections. Well, I think they're objecting to some pretty out there demands by him, but I think, yeah, I think they do want him to buy it. And now they want it, they want their day in court so they can have their say as well. Broadening this out a little bit more, Kristen, something tells me you don't mind an impulsive purchase, but I don't know. (laughs) Dare you? No, I don't know. Do you? Are you the kind of person that's like, yeah, buy now, think later? Leave Kristen alone. (laughs) Yeah, I did just buy this pink chul leotard. (laughs) And the next day I was looking at that and I was like, what? The <laughs> I was like I don't even I, I, I don't even think that my um, doodle would fit in that. To be completely honest, like I don't know where I'm going to wear uh, that without that, getting a, like violation. Is that a humble brag? Oh, here we go. Come on, Christian. Not <laughs> um, even six o'clock yet. No, nah, we've all had those issues, Christian. Surely, no, nah, Alice. What about you? Are you someone that kind of thinks about things afterwards, or are you very careful to plan out your purchases? You're like, no, no, I'm... no, no, I won't be spending. Are you a tired? Ass. That's what I'm asking. I'm not a tight. I'm just checking. No, I am pretty. I am pretty careful, and I'm not one for one-upmanship. But look, I just bought a house, and I have seen what the interest mm-hmm. rates are doing now, and I'm just watching on in horror. I don't regret it. 
But I'm like, oh, what's that? Was that the right time? Yeah. Nate feels. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't feel that, but I imagine it would be very painful. But, oh, cost of living. Everyone's, you know, going to the supermarket and buying a lettuce at the moment could be a... a big a, regret. Something, a big regret right now. Um, I want to know, how do you get over this kind of remorse? Do you have a strategy, Christian? Like, when you look at the thing that you've bought and you go, I shouldn't have bought that. Like, for me, I kind of try and justify the savings in my head or figure out a plan. I'm like, okay, well, if I go without a coffee every morning for the next five weeks, it's like it never happened. (laughs) Do you have a way of, or you just think, oh, well, it's done now? I mean, I just try to look inside myself and kind of be like, why did (laughs) you buy this? What did it, like, what was (laughs) resonating in you? I mean, despite appearances, (laughs) I actually am pretty, um, you know, money conscious. No, Um, I I feel like you are. And it's, but sometimes I have bought things and I'm like, why? And then you're like, because at that moment you kind of needed something that was a bit short and sparkly and it made you feel good. And if it makes you feel good, then whatever. Fair Guys, enough. what about just returning it? Yeah, I was going to say, oh, can I return it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're pretending we live in like another century. It's like, oh, I wish I had the I have buyer's regret. <laughs> no, but you know what? There's definitely people who are more... Um, motivated with the returning as well. Like I like buy stuff and I'm like, oh, I wish I hadn't have bought it. Oh, well, I'm stuck with I'm, You know, I, d- I don't think about it or I lose track of things. Oh, girl, most it places doesn't... these days, they have like free returns. I know. You just leave it outside. I know. I need to get onto it. Um, Alice, is there ever a time when it's not okay to back out? And we're speaking very broad here. Like if we talk about committing to events, like is this something that mm. you do? You go, oh, I'll be there. And then you think later, no, 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 I won't no, be there. No, look, one thing I value value incredibly highly in friendship is people that can keep to their word. I find with like with the Facebook events and stuff, it's so much easier to back out of your commitments. But if if somebody has committed to doing something and then they flake for no reason, you know, that hurts me a bit. You know what? Alice had an event in Canberra where she lives just a couple of weeks ago and I committed to going. You committed big time. I, you drove there and back in a day. But Ugh. I did think that morning I, <laughs> I could pull out. You know what? I might do it. But then I thought, no, she values commitment. I'm going to make the effort. Christian, what about you? You've got a lot of things to RSVP to all the time. Half the reason I say yes to things is to experience the joy of cancelling at the 11th hour. (laughs) Don't. I love staying at home and finding out that I can, like, cancel and do that. I'm like, oh, yes. Just when I thought we were perfect for each other, Christian. (laughs) We need to have something to work on, Alice. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Do you have a strategy, though? Is there, like, a a generic text you've got saved? in your phone that you send out. You're like, dear blank. Enter name. <laughs> I am driving. Call you later. I mean, because COVID was really the perfect excuse for a yeah. second, wasn't it? Like with the isolation. It's like, oh, I'm going to have to stay in. I haven't been able to get hold of a test and I'm not sure. Um, yeah. Do you have any any strategies, Christian? No, I'm usually pretty honest. Okay. So yeah. you just say, I don't want to come to I'm this. I'm sorry. I'm really not feeling it. It's been a big week. Interesting. I love that. On the t- I also respect that. (laughs) (laughs) It's all about respect. On the text line, Pedro says, like my granddad used to say, if you can't pay cash for it or if you don't need it straight away, come back in a week and see if it's still a priority. He was right. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Somebody else says, I'm all for free speech on Twitter, providing anonymity is mitigated. So free speech at least comes with accountability. That's referring to the Elon Musk Twitter buying situation. And somebody else says, 
I always regret buying snacks. Yeah, well, we all do. <laughs> we all have those moments where we finish the box and we go, what the hell was that? Help me, I, I never regret it. I think it cost us about two grand each just to attend the wedding. <laughs> on Triple J. Unfriending. It's a lot easier on social media, isn't it? But it happens in the real world too, and sometimes for the strangest reasons. Like this week on Hack when we were hearing about your wedding nightmares when you've had to fork out hundreds or even thousands of dollars for mates tying the knot, because this is a big thing, people having to pay a lot of money for destination weddings, things like that. Some of you told us, yeah, and we've had big fights over weddings, money, spending, and it's seen us bust up with friends all together. Hack, there was this tension between me and my friend for a while, but I also knew that it was kind of down to like inevitable factors, like we're going to different unis, we're interested in different things, we're figuring ourselves out. I had a good friend back in high school. We used to do a lot of things together, but when we got to uni, our interests and stuff kind of faded. And it was very much a, I'm going to go my way, you go your way. No, if I kind of stop being friends with someone, it's just kind of, I will stop hanging out with them. It's not like an official break, breaking off the friendship thing. Someone else saying, I was invited to a wedding in America, so my best friend's wedding in Vegas. we just bought a house and I decided not to go because we couldn't afford it and she stopped talking to me for two years. <laughs> I guess when you're in a group of three, it becomes a bit like one person's always pushed to the side. That person happened to be me. Oh, I'm not going to lie. It hurt me. I did cry. No point denying it. I did cry. I did shed a few tears. These eyelashes don't grow in a day, hon. On Triple okay? J. It takes hard work and sweat and tears. <laughs> Has this happened to you? What's the pettiest reason that you've had a friendship bust up? You can call in 1300 Don't be scared. We all want to know. You can message in as well, 0439757555. We want to ask our shake-up panel, presenter, journalist, Alice Matthews, influencer, model, Christian Wilkins. Christian, pettiest thing you've had a falling out over? Anything spring to mind? Uh, one of my girlfriends stopped talking to me because she liked to be the one to invite everyone to the party and then I got invited to the party and I invited a friend and she was like, no, but we're all under my name. And I was like, well, I've got a friend under my name. And she was like, never really talked to me again. What? That was it. <laughs> yeah. Like, done. Oh, I'm not sure how I feel about it. And, like, that, like, you didn't try to follow it up, anything like that? I thought it was weird that I hadn't heard from her for, like, a month because we were hanging out, like, quite a bit. And then some of the other friends were like, she's really pissed off. And I was like, well, if that's the type of human she is, like, Ooh, say lovey. Mm, okay. Amen. And we do have her on the phone now. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Um, Alice, I mean, we're pretty good friends. Have you ever come close to busting up with me? No way, David okay, Marchese. Okay, just checking. But have you ever had this situation happen to you? No, I'm I'm very happy to say haven't lost a friendship to something very petty. But you know, you know friendships what I'd say have about gone Alice. on the rocks. Alice is a friend collector. Like I always see oh. you getting new friends, but you never how teach us your ways. Yeah, like sometimes, like I have friends, lose friends, I lose track of friends, whatever. Alice is like, no, I know where every. It's like she's tracking <laughs> no. them all. I know where they all are at every point in You're time. You're making me sound like a creep. <laughs> I just love the people in my life, and I don't want to let go of them. I was speaking, which you know. No, you go. No, I was speaking to some people and one said um, they lost a friend because they had a fight over being late for a coffee. Another said they had a blow up because her mate thought that she ho- owed her money for a bowl of pasta. Oh, God. Do you reckon, Alice, it's ever really just about those small things, like in Christian's case, or do you think there's always something bigger behind it? No, because I think that true friendship is um, is based on forgiveness. If I, can, yeah. if I can quote a lovely little short essay by David White that I can highly recommend that a 
a friend sent to us, um, it's all friendships of any length are based on continued mutual forgiveness. Without tolerance and mercy, all friendships die. My little sister was telling me that she almost had a fight with one of her friends because they her ex-boyfriend wanted to kiss the friend. And I was like, honey, you're 18. You're not going to talk to any of these people ever again in six months. Kiss the boy, whatever. (laughs) Um, Great advice there from Big Brother Christian. We love it. Um, Do you have people that you've fallen out with, Christian, and think, well, I regret that, but it's too awkward now to go back? No, I'm a big believer in owning your... Yeah, same. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I think, you know, that's part of being an adult is sort of being accountable and going through. If you've done something wrong and you genuinely believe, and I always say, if, you know, if I've upset someone, come to me, tell me what I've done, and I'll, you know, if I have really done something wrong, I'll apologize and let's move on. We've got some messages coming through. Somebody says, Turkish proverb, none is so rich as to throw away a friend. Oh, we're oh, getting pretty, pretty, you know, in depth on hack today. We're talking about all sorts of beautiful poetry <laughs> and um, philosophy, proverbs. We love it. Someone else says, I stopped being friends with a high school best friend because she got really jealous that I got a better ATAR score and she was really mean mm. about it. Less philosophical, that one. Somebody, <laughs> Robbie from Avalon, says friends break up because of COVID vaccines. Okay, there's mm. a one point of view mm. there. Wally mm. from Albury says lost a friend because I smoked his weed. Yep, well, that (laughs) might do it for some people. And another person, I unfriended a girl because when we went out to dinner, she shook her empty glass at the waiter. Oh, okay, so it was how she treated other people, not how... I think it's a good good way to judge character. I get that too. How about you, Dave? Oh, no, it's not. It's my ask the questions here, Christian. <laughs> um, nah, I think I, I, I've definitely had petty fallouts um, with people and I am the kind of person that regrets it and goes oh, I wish I'd handled that differently. Uh, And I always feel like there's unfinished business. I have gone Mm. back to friends in the past and tried to repair it. That was what I was going to ask. Like, how do we move on from stuff like that? How do you rebuild a friendship? Because, Alice, it feels like there's a lot of advice and models and guidance out there about how to rebuild romantic relationships and conflict in the office, what what to do with colleagues. But with friendships, there's not so much advice, right? Well, I say take a leaf out of Christian's book and just be really honest. There was a time when I definitely could have just totally blanked on a friend who who read out a childhood letter at my birthday party that contained some really awful things that I said as a kid, like I pretty much got cancelled at my birthday, and it was really hard to confront her about it, but our friendship was worth more. We just talked about it. And it took like, you know, a couple of days of me getting over it until I was ready to talk, but you've just got to do it. Yeah, that's good advice. Alice Matthews on the text line, someone says, I stopped being friends with someone because they left me on red. (laughs) I I, I would have lost a lot of friends over that, I reckon. Somebody (laughs) says, my friend littered. And when I called her out, she didn't understand why it was bad. Never spoke to her again. Okay, I mean, you know, that's... Littered, as in threw rubbish yeah, on the ground. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. Okay. I mean, we're assuming that these people aren't, like, best duties, right? Like, it's not like they're best girlfriend of all time. Nah, these are, like, that's second-tier friends. That's true. Somebody else said, had a guy leave my wedding to go to a nightclub. We've not spoken since. And, yeah, when we were doing the wedding stuff, people were talking about that, about people being <laughs> demoted just before the <laughs> wedding, like they were maid of honour or whatever, and then some incident would happen or there'd be some fight over money or what was happening with the wedding. 
wedding the next day and all of a sudden they'd been taken out of the bridal party. Another one had been thrown in. It's pretty chaotic, the wedding stuff. Another person says, one of my close friends slept with my ex a few weeks after we broke up. I forgave oh. her, but she stopped talking to me and Ooh. my whole group. Plot twist. That is a, a plot, plot twist. twist. But, hey, you can walk away from that and go, I tried everything, right? I did. Mm-hmm. It's not on me. It's on that person. I mean, what a person. Another person. The key to forgiveness in friendships is to genuinely move on from the tricky points. Yeah. And another person has messaged in saying, I moved 20 minutes away to another town and I've never heard from one of my besties. Oh, God. Big that's stuff, hard. Big stuff there. Well, look, that's all we've got time for on the Shake Up today. Big thanks to our Shake Up guests for the week. Journalist presenter, Triple J favourite, Alice Matthews. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. And celebrity model influencer, Icon. Icon. <laughs> I am paying him, yes. Heir to the throne. <laughs> Triple J favourite, Christian Wilkins. Thank you. Thank you. Big thanks again to our Shake Up guests, Alice Matthews and Christian Wilkins. And a shout out to the hardworking hack team for the week. Executive producer, Andrew McCormack. Senior producer, Serge Negus. Extra production by AJ Williams. And all of our amazing reporters as well. That is all we've got time for on the podcast for now. I'll catch you next week.